Welcome to the Ride On Sports Podcast. Today we got a lot going on with this coronavirus and sports. A baseball this summer is might be might be what we're facing here, Jason. I don't like it. You don't like it at all. I get it. The Yankees are cheating. How do you feel about that? It's not surprising. Uh, is uh, is but the media is not talking about it. And not surprising either. <laughs> and then a bunch of revenue, bunch of money being lost in sports in the NFL, baseball, NBA, etc. And then we're gonna get into the winners and losers of sports in this coronavirus. Obviously, there's a lot of lo- a lot of losers, but I think there are some winners as well. We'll touch on that in a minute here on the Right On Sports Podcast. Well, here we are. Welcome in. Welcome in the inaugural episode. The inaugural. So you are Gabe Myers. I am Gabe Myers, and you are Jason Casera. I am. And excellent. So this is the Ride On Sports podcast. And uh, the pilot, if you, the if, pilot, the pilot. What, what are we going to call this? The pilot, the inaugural, the first. I like the inaugural because that and that kind of anticipates that greater things are coming after the fact. Okay. So maybe it'll it'll keep us in the seat. Yeah, I guess not all pilots like continue to air afterwards. Like Russell, and who's, some pilots are horrible. Yeah, Russell could just be like, "No, nah, I'm not going to let these guys on. Like, I'm giving them their pilot test." Speaking and, of Russell, speaking of Russell, he's right here with us. Appreciate you for letting us come on and talk about nonsense here on your uh, on your watch for giving us a shot to talk sports <laughs> oh, in man. a sportsless year <laughs> i know right how like, ironic hey, i want y'all to do a sports podcast sounds uh, good by the way there's going to be no sports going on so good luck thank you corona that's pretty much that is pretty much what's happened so thank you russell Thank you, Russell. <laughs> Thank you, Russell. So let's uh, so let's get into it. Cancel sports the, culture of, of the first sport that's not happening um, right now. Baseball. Wah, wah, wah. I know we're all sad. We are sad, and what's what's cool is okay. So a quick background on you and I, because okay. I think that would be good to identify is that I'm old, Gabe's not, and the fact that Gabe even likes baseball is uh, I think a true testament to the amazingness that is baseball because there's a lot of people who say baseball is not for young people. And I would like to argue that because I think baseball Man, is so, for America. So here's here's the problem like with baseball as a whole for not relating to young people. Or there's a couple of things. One, there's 162 games. <laughs> I'm just simply not going to watch all those games. And you don't have to. Right. So, it, But it's like the NBA a little bit. I don't watch 82 basketball games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that and there's no like it, it just the there's not a ton of action. Um, in Major League Baseball, uh, I think you don't be- like constant pitching changes. Not exactly. Cost no, I, I miss the days of Nolan Ryan, where you just throw nine innings regardless. You could be throwing yeah. 150 pitches, and it just didn't matter. Can we bring back those days? I think then maybe, maybe then young people would get into baseball. Well, I think more importantly that the personalities, like in basketball, you have, or even football, you got all these unique. You have like Odell Beckham in football, mm-hmm. or LeBron, Steph Curry in basketball, or so many other. So many others, guys, in both sports, where you have so many personalities, so many people that are that like just get the fan base excited. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, like the best player is Mike Trout. Like, and Mike Trout is awesome, yeah, amazing player, but but ignored on the West Coast. Ignored, <laughs> which is strange. But see, and this 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 will lead us into our Yankees discussion in a moment. But that's the uh, East Coast bias that we have in Major League Baseball and those who cover Major League Baseball. Well, that's the thing. Even like Aaron Judge, who is a super marketable player who plays for the Yankees, like how much money is he making in endorsements? Not oh, no. much. Yeah. Not much. Whereas like LeBron makes more money off the court than he does on the court. Steph Curry the same way. The big basketball player the same way. Tom Brady makes immense amount of money off the hmm. field. 
Um, in baseball, you just don't have you just don't have that. There aren't yeah. the, the stars are not being they're either not marketable or not being marketed correctly. So I think that's why young Big piece people, of it, sure. That's yeah. why young people aren't into baseball. Man, let's get into this. We might have a baseballless summer. I'm confident that at some point there will be Major League Baseball played. I there's too much money on the line for it not to be played. You do not share that with me. I am totally on the opposite end of the spectrum because I think that the players and the owners are operating or they're negotiating in bad faith. I feel like right now they're doing a, a, a basically like a CBA negotiation tactic, and I didn't really think that until this morning when I saw the latest Jeff uh, Passan. I can't stand that guy, but I saw his latest <laughs> article, and it, but it mentioned all this stuff about uh, not just trying to get them back on the field, but other negotiable items basically going forward, like. Uh, advertisements on uniforms and where to donate charitable money and you know just things like that where I thought you're you're not just talking about getting them back on the field you're talking about other things that you want to negotiate into the pie and get everybody to eat it too the other part is that the owners of Major League Baseball finally said hey well here here's what we'll throw out we'll do 60 games and Major League Baseball was like oh no we want more but just a couple of weeks ago it was like well We'll take, you know, basically what we can get. What we want is a prorated salary, and that was all they were talking about. We just want to, you know, the the agreement we made in March, we want to stick to that. We want a prorated salary. But now it becomes, well, no, we want a prorated salary, but we want more games, or we want this, or we want that. So we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago offline, obviously not here, but where, you know, for me, I'm not taking up for billionaires, but in order to have, you know, money coming in, you need the the uh, what would you call it like um the revenue or whatever where it normally will come from but particularly fans coming to games they need that money so so here's so you're you're taking a side of the owners here a little which bit I, which i think is hilarious um <laughs> here's my problem with that it's poor players yeah poor, you know yeah poor poor billionaire owners over here um but here's my problem with that and if you're talking about football or basketball you have mm-hmm. a point um, cause there's revenue sharing in those sports and baseball, there is no revenue sharing when I'm Bryce Harper and I signed my, what was it? 13 year, $350 million, stupid, whatever, whatever stupid, stupid, money. stupid money he got. Yeah. Um, what I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to see every penny of the 300 plus million dollars I signed for everything's guaranteed re- in baseball. Re- rega- yeah. regardless of, you know, cause there is no revenue sharing. There is no, Oh, you know, in football, there's like. You know, you signed for $100 million, but $60 million is guaranteed. So if mm-hmm. after three years, you suck, I can cut you and not have to pay you right. the rest of it. Um, but in baseball, it's, if I sign for $300 million, I'm supposed to see every penny of $300 million. You And there is no revenue sharing between yeah. the players and owners. It's basically in baseball, whatever you get paid as much as the owners are willing to pay you. The reason why Garrett Cole went to the Yankees is because the Astros offered him like $240 million. The Yankees offered him 310 million. He, paid. he had 70 million more reasons to go. You, yeah, you can't go turn to it the, down. You can't turn it down. I'm not mad at the guy. Right. So except for a stupid Yankee sign that he's like, so that was a boy. No, but it's um. Kick rocks. No, oh my gosh. But no, so there's no revenue sharing in baseball. You just get whatever the owners are willing to pay you. And now the owners are saying, oh, we don't have as much money coming in, so you should take a pay cut too. And the players saying. Wait, no, because when there's more revenue coming in, we don't get paid more. So why should there be when there's less, we get paid less? So I get it. So that's where the players are mad. And then they agreed to take a pay cut. They said, okay, we get it. There won't be there won't be 162 games played this season. Yeah. So prorated salary, if we play 80% of the games, 80% of the cash, seems reasonable to me and every other that person is. out there. But I don't think they should take a pay cut because there's less revenue because there's no revenue sharing in the sport. 
I just think from a standpoint, like if you, for instance, are Jim Crane, okay, and you own the Houston Astros, and and you're you're already paying out some handsome salaries as it is, and you have some that are coming due, um, it but and it falls to business risk. You have risk in in business in general, but as a business owner, you know that if you have, you know, less income coming in to pay out, it's income versus output, you know. Uh, it's going to affect your your sheets no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now, where I've seen some great arguments to that is, you know, people say, well, they should open up their books. No billionaire is going to open up their books. They're not going to show and, you and, like and what I'm, they're making and what they're yeah. not. And I'm not saying that the owner should open up their books for players. I'm just saying it's crazy, right? I'm just saying they open should up your honor books, Justin Verlander and Kate Upton, yeah. please. I just think they should honor the agreement that was made back in March between the uh, yeah. the, the players already agreed to take their pay cut, which I agree to that. They really yeah. they really didn't have to, but to say they should have to take more of a pay cut now, yeah. I think I I just say no to that. And also, like even if let's say the owners are losing money, quote unquote, on this season if they pay the prorated salary, these are billionaire owners. Like I'm sorry, like if they lose, like. Losing a million dollars to them is like me or you losing $10, quite frankly. Yeah. Like, these are billionaire owners. So I just am not going to feel bad. I'm just not going to feel I'm just not gonna feel bad for the owners here. I'm not going to feel bad for billionaires here. I'm just – I refuse yeah, to do it. I don't feel bad for them. I just feel like where they're at in their, their business model and where the players are at, mm-hmm. and I get it. Um, I just I, – I feel like, for one, it's really bad optics. That's what hurts them a lot, Major League Baseball. But the MLB – PA is so strong that I just feel like they're not going to come to a reasonable uh, place to move forward and have a season. That's just where how I see it. Because right now they're looking at, I think they said July 13th as a reporting date to get 60 games in. Because yeah. the season would start like at the end of July that's, that's or early August. Yeah. And these guys are scattered throughout. And some of these guys, I'm sure you do have some players who are fine with it. They have good money. They're like, you know what? I could take a year off and stay healthy. And then you have other young guys who want that service time. They need that service time for contract negotiations. And you got other guys like we might not see George Springer in a Houston Astros uniform again. And, and that's what a shame that would be. Hurt. So before we get too nerdy Wait talking about service time, are you not a Springer fan? No, I love Springer. Oh, <laughs> you're about to uh, make me cry. No, I no, I love George Springer. It would. Be. I, I'm just saying before we get uh, too nerdy talking about service time and. Uh, all, what and, and what that entails, because uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening wouldn't really be able to follow this. <laughs> um, but let's get let's get into what should be the biggest baseball story right now. Absolutely, it was when it was another team, but it's not the biggest story in baseball right now. The Yankees, there's proof out there that the Yankees were using some kind of now the details of it are kind of fuzzy, but they were using some kind of sign stealing scheme. In 2017, the same year the Astros were investigated for. But Rob Manfred and the MLB appears to want to keep this as hush-hush as possible. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you are just – I'm sure you're thrilled about this and have no opinion whatsoever. I think the thing that bothers me the most, and it goes back to, like, whenever the Astros stuff broke, and I really didn't think the fallout was going to be as serious as it was because I really thought most fan bases would realize, number one, sign stealing is a part of the game, and it has been forever. Number two, just using uh, better tools to get better at it is something that's done across sports, the sports spectrum in general. You know, you got guys going back into the dugout or the locker room and all this stuff. You got guys on sidelines in football games watching video of plays the defense is doing or, again, 
batters going back in the dugout to see a pitching sequence that took place against them to figure out how they can get an advantage. So this is like common practice. The the part that I think hurt me the most with the Astros is that they literally banged on trash cans. I thought that was really stupid. And then I man, in my own personal podcast, the opening drive with Jason Guitar, I had really adamantly said, There's no way these guys banged on trash cans is the stupidest thing ever. I mean, adamantly, and I was calling them out uh, John Boy. John Boy. Every Astros favorite <laughs> media member. Every Astros favorite media but I just, member. And I couldn't believe it. And so I thought, you know, okay, I get it. You know, this is dumb or whatever. And if they have all substantiated facts, then, you know, there's there's going to be some punishment. But I didn't think it would be as serious as it was, especially when we got to the point where AJ and Lunau got fired. Um, but seeing Yankees fans go in and Red Sox fans and, and Dodgers fans especially, and all because they had their feelings hurt because they got pounded by the Astros at some point in time. Um, but, you know, when the Astros lost in 2018 to the Red Sox, that was painful. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr., get out of here. Who are you? It's 191 a whole season, then he's a hero in the postseason. Oh, my God, man. That was miserable. Um, but anyway, the fact that the Yankees, the Red Sox, and others who you knew, they, they had had some kind of uh, scuffle with MLB before about these same things, and they just kind of shrugged and it went away. And even when the Red Sox punishment, quote-unquote, came out and they blamed a a video tech guy or something like that, the replay right. guy. Yeah. And, you know, why did Alex Corey get fired then? You know, if it was just that guy's fault. Why did Beltron never see a day in a Mets uniform as a manager if it wasn't so serious? So this thing with the Yankees, uh, I feel it's huge. And I feel like Jim Crane, should he should be part of that suit to open up that letter. And I really hope Jim Crane just sues Major League Baseball and Manfred personally uh, just because well, he can. Well, he's gonna, a billionaire. Well, yeah, not so a poor player. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, struggling so, for food. One, so we're gonna get into, like winners and losers of Corona later in this the podcast. Uh, corona sports, but um, man, Rob Manfred is probably the number one loser in all this. Like, I don't think anyone's reputation has taken more of a hit in this Smash. time than Rob Manfred. And he was never. <clears throat> I thought he was probably the weakest of all the pro sports commissioners. Like before this. Um, but man, it's just he just can't seem to get anything right with this, and I, this is a problem Goodell had with the NFL for a while before he finally backed off it. Where you can't be the the as a commissioner, you shouldn't be the executioner. Sure, like you shouldn't be the one laying out. Like you have bigger roles to play than the person handing out the sentences for mm-hmm. you know suspensions and whatnot. Um, so I, that's where that's part of where Manfred has it wrong. He just needs to get out of the business of doing that because his job as MLB commissioner is bigger than suspending AJ Hinch, Jeff Lunau, Carlos Beltran, Alex Cora, etc. Um, he just needs to get out of the business of that. But then that on top of just, it seems as if the owners and players now, some stuff is coming out the last couple of days about, oh, the MLB and the players union are getting close to an agreement, which is why I'm somewhat optimistic. But I think what you said earlier is true where they're negotiating in bad faith with each other. Um, but man, with this, like Rob Manfred is part of if you're reading the reports, he's not wanting this letter open because it's written by him to the Yankees. Basically, from what the reports are, like, hey, stop cheating. Like, hey, I'm not. We don't want to have to suspend you. We don't want to punish you. So stop cheating. Meanwhile, though, with the Astros, it's no problem with the no problem punishing them. Which I'm not gonna get on my soapbox here and say, you know, because my argument was with the Astros because I was against all the punishment stuff. But my argument was never. What the Astros were doing wasn't wrong. That my argument was always okay. 
yes, the Astros are using technology to seal signs. There's probably no doubt about that. But they are also they are also not the only team doing it. So if you're gonna punish them, if you're gonna make uh spend you know just millions, tens of millions of dollars into an investigation into the Astros <laughs> stealing signs. Do it for every team in the league. It's weird. Don't, Government works too. It's yeah. Weird. Apparently. So but I this think, is also something that's been going on since the '80s, and and well before actually. Like you've you've seen stories where you had managers going all the way back into the 1950s using the electronic scoreboards when they started using those as ways to signal their own players. I mean, they've 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 had guys with binoculars in the stands forever. You know, so that's what bothers me. Is it's what would you call it? Is it virtue signaling by the MLB office? Like we really care about this, and we're going to punish these guys, but not anybody else. It's, it's to protect the quote unquote integrity of the, <laughs> the integrity of the of, game. Of the game. Uh, yeah. Oh, we can't, we can't, we can't forget the fact that cheating. Half of the Yankees roster in their championship years were full of steroid abusers. Even Andy Pettit, when Houston's I, own. Man, I love Andy Pettit. Uh, so don't I, don't I, talk I, trash about man. I love Andy Pettit. Um, he, he should have stayed in Houston. Though, I know. I, I love I loved Andy Pettit when he was and an Astro. Roger. But no. But <laughs> yeah. he. But uh, so baseball. Why is baseball not popular? When I fell in love with baseball, it was during the era of Barry Bonds, Roger yeah, Clemens, sure. Sammy Sosa. I love the players that use steroids. Me too. It got not popular. And I don't care about it. Yeah, neither, I don't care about neither, steroids. Neither do I. Did you see the the documentary the I other day? I've not watched it yet, but so, I want to watch so, it. So yeah, it's just like baseball was never cooler. Then like when people are smashing, Penn st- when steroid users are running, I loved A Rod before he went to the Yankees. Uh-huh. I loved A Rod when Everybody he was on did. the Juice. Yeah, yeah, he was, was awesome. Ranger, and it was like so cool. The Rangers is gonna win titles with A Rod there, and then it turns out that the uh, guy who was their owner, um, Holt or whatever, whoever it was, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Turns it. out he he didn't have any money beyond that, or maybe he did. You know, like other owners. An interesting uh, note too on that about poor owners. Is the guy that owned the Marlins? <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> the guy that owned the Marlins, I guess, for so long. Someone pointed out they played in front of uh, they they played without fans for 15 years, and he sold the Marlins for a billion dollars, something like that. And I just it, I snickered, but that's the snickerish. So that's a pretty good topic, and I still think that we won't have a season this year. I disagree. I'm partially okay with it I- though. I choose well, to remain on the you, on the optimistic side of things. We're going to take a short break right here and come right back at you with more Right On Sports content. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right On Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. Welcome back to the Right On Sports Podcast. I'm Gabe Myers here with Jason Casera. That's me. Let's go in now to, we talked a lot about baseball. Let's go in now to the NBA and what they're doing. They're going to have an NBA bubble in Disney in Orlando, but Disney's going to be open, but the players are going to have a bubble. There's going to be a hotline to report violations to, which I think, I, w- I would actually want to work that. I think it's going to be quite hilarious. I hope they release the uh, the audio recording. The transcripts of yeah. it. Um, is this gonna work like an Olympic Village? Some probably something like. But the thing is, you're not really allowed to leave. So they're gonna have like people like if you need like, hey, go out and get me. You know, I just don't have Whataburger in Orlando, but go out and get me McDonald's. Like you'll have someone to go do that. Although I'm it's sure. almost like the Chaz, the in what? Seattle. 
You don't know about the Chaz? I don't know about the Chaz in Seattle. We'll edit that part out then, because I don't want to throw him off into a whole other loop. Wait, no. Okay, so this is where... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to screw you up. No, this is the... Um, this is where you are older than, uh, than me. <laughs> yeah. This is where my youth shows up because I have no clue what Jason is talking about. Well, okay. The Chaz – and, and tra- keep your train of thought because I want to actually okay. – we'll just leave this in, I guess. Whatever you want to do, Russell, the producer and owner of this franchise. Um, the Chaz is Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle, and a bunch of um, people decided to take over a region in Seattle, and they did. And they even essentially pushed the police out. The police were like, nah, not today. And uh, from my understanding, too, they also took over a police precinct. There's something going on now. Oh, it's going on yeah, now? Oh, I thought this was So, fine. but the deal is, so they actually created a zone, an autonomous quote-unquote zone. You can't see my air quotes, but, and oh, there's, like, no police presence. It's just a bunch of people who are like, yeah, man, we're okay, starting our own so, world. So, so it's like their own little bubble of government is what I was kind of relating so it to. So now that you say that, I have heard something. It's the jazz. I've heard something about it. I feel very out of the loop now, so thank you for that. Um, That's all right. But no. You're, you're staying in a sports world, which is I, very important. I am. very peaceful. I have modified my Twitter feed <laughs> to like only see certain That's stuff. excellent. It's amazing. Um, but no, so I have – so I'm a – I played basketball for a year in college. I'm a huge basketball. I'm a basketball junkie, so I'm thrilled that basketball is coming back. I have my doubts on the execution of like how this is all going to work, where you're going to tell people who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that, <laughs> yeah, you can't leave this area you're in. Um, what was the example you used off, off the air about Chris Paul? Oh, my God. So, yeah. Uh, so my, so they're gonna have like a complaint hotline. I just imagine Chris Paul calling in, like, yeah, I saw LeBron, Giannis, and Kawhi all leaving the <laughs> leaving their little village without really mass, like mass or whatever. Uh, so they should be suspended for the rest of the. <laughs> well, isn't he like he's the players' union rep or something? Yeah, he's like a that? union. He's the union. He's the president of the players' association. Yeah, I think, he'll, he'll slam him, and it'll be convenient. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you, you got to suspend all he's, the star guys. He's got to so, contribute to the Rockets somehow. He, no, he's Oklahoma City now. But he still needs to contribute. He's got to make up for lost time because that that series was done. He gifted the Rockets a three-two lead until they went zero for twenty-seven in Game <laughs> Seven of this. Was it twenty-seven oh, consecutive missed threes? Anybody watching that game was like, "Just take a layup, bro." Please. <laughs> I was watching it with with a friend, why? and he was like, "Why?" Because they and they kept bringing it up like they've missed eighteen in a row. Eventually, missed... one's got to go in, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Not today, it, Tom. No, and it's um yeah, so the Rockets just kept missing threes. God, it was, no, it was hilarious. Miserable, man. Oh man, so I am not Was that was he already hurt in that game? Was no, that... he so he got hurt he in was... game five. It was okay. a, the like the last five seconds of game five he had pulled his hamstring. Um And the O for twenty seven was game seven? Game seven. Yeah. So he was watching from the bench like <sighs> Y'all weren't losing when I was playing. <laughs> um So the NBA bubble though. The NBA bubble, I have my I just think there's going to be – I mean, Kyrie Irving's already talking about how much he hates it. Kyrie Irving doesn't really like any – I love Kyrie Irving as a player, uh, but he – I like him less when he opens his mouth. Um, we all we all, kind of, we all kind of feel that way, uh, Russell included. But um, I have Rudy? my I have my doubts that – I think everyone's like excited to play basketball again, yeah. but I think once they get like two weeks into it and it's like, gosh, I've done nothing but go to the arena and – Go back to the hotel. But wouldn't it be like an AAU summer league type thing? Gosh, I can't. Did they get that right? AAU, yeah, right? Yeah, AAU. That's what. Is it still going on, or did they disband no, it finally? So that so no, they didn't disband, but like 
summer basketball is not so like the EYBL, which is a Nike sponsored league, which is like that is like the best youth league. Um, That's like, not corrupted. No, it's, I mean because it's, it's not. It's a. It's just a league, is what it is. They just get all the players together. Mm-hmm. They just get the pl- the player, best players, best teams together, and they play. So it's not a like. There's no. I mean, obviously, there's room for corruption, but from what I know, it's not corrupt. It's just let's just get all the hundred best high school players to play against each other mm-hmm. and invite all the college coaches to come see them play. Because that would be great for a future episode of talk about those summer leagues where they got so twisted and. You know, so so yeah, this, so this so this is so the EYBL is not that, but they canceled their summer. You so the peach so the peach oh, jam, which is part of, like they have a bunch of things peach that go jam? on. The peach jam in Atlanta, Georgia. All right, Nike oh, peach God, jam. Oh God, well, nothing's happening in Atlanta now, man. Yeah, but no, so it's um, but they all can't. So like all grassroots basketball is basically canceled for okay. the summer. Um, I love the term, grassroots basketball. Grassroots basketball. Well, that's what it's called. All right. The, see, I'm connected to the streets. Yeah, Jason, and my, that, and that's. My, that's my, is that street logo, fella? Yeah, that's a yeah. I'm very much in the streets. Uh, and I think I'm in street Gabe, street lingo. Gabe Myers in the streets. Uh, we can edit that part hey, out. You're pretty <laughs> hard, man. No, no. We can probably edit that out. Um, I'm kidding. We don't have to. That was really loud, huh? I know it's something that's going. Like my oh, is it thundering? There's some there's some inclement weather going on. Uh, or they're moving. I don't know what is going on. But uh, but I I think there's gonna be problems with this NBA bubble. I think there's gonna be the I think the players at some point are going to like not revolt, but are going to voice their displeasure with the uh, with the situation of having just to stay in one place for for a guy like LeBron or Kawhi or, or Giannis like three months. Like they're gonna have to be in this bubble. I can't imagine that going well for a super long period of time. I think it'll be interesting and. The more interesting part is everything that the, the staff that has to come and go, and then the players are going to think, well, why can't I? Um, the, the logistics of it is difficult enough, but, uh, you know, like in the Army is something I was impressed upon, not that I really enjoyed the experience, but like when we originally like went to Iraq, is we were able to move thousands and thousands of like troops, but not only that, but fuel and food and places to sleep or whatever, all this stuff got moved. So whenever I think about things like this, um, like a bubble, it's highly possible. You know, it's just if if they don't let. Uh, it sounds horrible, but if they don't let the, like the individualistic ideals start taking over, and LeBron's like, "Hey, listen, I got an unboxing I need to do, and I can't do it from a hotel room." But <laughs> no, I think so. No, what you're saying is sets in. So no, what you're saying is right. It is possible. Like yeah. just on the surface, like this can happen, but. LeBron and it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline, and you're telling guys who have con- who have a lot of power and control worth hundreds yeah, of millions of dollars. Hey, you're gonna do this. Yeah. People who have power, and you tell them you're doing this, typically don't react well to that. Well, and I think that's also not to peel back to it, but why we're having the problem with MLB and MLBPA coming to an agreement because those guys have a lot of power, and just like an NBA, and and it's gonna be interesting as we get closer to the NFL season about whether that's going to even happen or collegiate cuz I know we've we've seen programs have guys report and you know the next day they're like oh six Oklahoma state players have covid and their coach is like no they don't <laughs> I have it's, a hard time believing the NFL won't play football this year I, I think they're in such a good position because they've got to wait it out yeah, they're just so watching it, they're this, like it worked out 
for the NFL, the NFL plan. got very fortunate because it happened in their off season. Yeah. And like free agency, you can do Zoom meetings with free agents, and you can, yeah. you know, you, for the draft, you know, you can do a. You don't have to like. You don't have to play games. You don't have to do things in person. Like everything they've had to do. Obviously, obviously, it's not ideal, but you can do it virtually. It is possible. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, you can't play baseball virtually. You can't play basketball virtually. Like NASCAR? Na- and their attempt to... I, I, I remember we. Uh, I was at a restaurant <laughs> with some friends on Sunday, and there was, like, a virtual Formula One race going on. Wow. Um, with and the, the actual drivers? And the, yeah, so it was, like, yeah. the actual drivers. They were just, like, in some place where they had, like, the driving setup. Yeah. And it, we were watching it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a video game. Well, that's and, what they were doing NASCAR. Yeah. And it cost that one guy his career... Because he dropped an end bomb on, uh, <laughs> but he was actually—I don't think they—it wasn't like part of the race. Oh, like it was he was a just pra- playing was like a on Twitch or something. Yeah. yeah. And other guys were on. And they were like, "Hey, uh, that you just you just said that across the air," and he was like, uh, "Time to go back." And then it was like that was it. No, but boom, it, done. But yeah, but Formula One was having like a virtual. It was like on ESPN or something. Like it was on some like it was like on a big network that like yeah, a restaurant crazy. would have on. Um, we were like, oh my gosh, that's a virtual, that's a video game race with actual drivers. I thought it was hilarious. Well, and, and but that's a way to reach young people. And like the before the show, we were talking about a guy who I follow on Twitter, and I'm actually wearing a shirt that he created right now. But uh, his Twitter handle is like Spaceman or something, and he has Apollo Media. Um, he's been playing an Astros game through MLB 2020 or whatever on like PlayStation or something. Uh-huh. He's been playing each game each day. Oh, and then gosh. he uploads the highlights to his like Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, whatever he's got going on. And I'll, I'll check it out every now and then and just see how it goes. But it's tap. It's a way to get in there to, towards young people. If you had a lot of MLB players doing that right now, or you're either even the NBA and just playing kids on the internet, I mean, you're hitting a gold mine there. Not to mention esports. So the NBA is doing something. The players are doing something like that where like I was – just scrolling across my TV guide the other day. I'm one of the few people who still have linear television subscriptions. <laughs> um, You're an outcast. I know. I'm an, I'm, I'm weird. Um, Especially for a young guy. I know. Um, but, like, they had, like, the 2K Players League. And it, yeah. I remember a while back it was, like, Kevin Durant playing against, like, Andre Drummond or something. And it's just, like, that's what – which me, I can't, like – I can't – I'm not going to sit there and watch Kevin Durant right. play 2K. But for some people – Especially that, if he's talking. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I just I don't care about other people playing video games. Yeah. I just... I, I'm not into it either. I can't get into esports, I, I, but it's I, huge. I don't... But people do. There is yeah. a market out there for it. And it's getting really, really big. Yeah, I know. It's like billions of dollars. You know Mark Cuban bought an esports team for like a billion dollars? Well, and Tillman Fertitta invested into it as well. Like, But I think under the Rockets' name, yeah, they invested a bunch. And uh, uh, I mean, those are smart guys, obviously. So no, but it's uh. They're but not I, opening their books. But yeah, man, you are obsessed about opening of the books. Um, Show me your tax return. Heck no. Um, Which one? <laughs> like, oh, that's God. the problem right there. But um, well, where was I going? But yeah, but there, so the esports thing—that's a way like to reach fans and a way yeah. to reach like young people, I guess. But I don't know. There, I think there's a lot of there are some people who are into it, but I think a lot of the people who are into esports. Probably are not, and this may be into good. Actual sports. Yeah, they're not like they're not into actual. <laughs> are you calling sports. them nerds? No, I'm not You're saying pigeonholing those young kids. I'm not calling them nerds. I'm just some of them are making millions of dollars. Yeah, some of them are. That was that ninja playing guy. Clash Royale. Yeah, ninja. That ninja guy. He's playing been in Fortnite. a movie, man. Oh, has he? Really? I don't remember what I was watching, but he was in a movie, and I just thought, 
Wow. That's cool, though. I mean, good for him. No, he, he's doing great. Uh, I want to make fun of him, but it's good for him. I know. He makes a lot more than either of us. Uh, I'm trying to scam the YouTube algorithm and unsuccessfully. I so. hope that works out for you. <laughs> um, we'll know in time. Yeah, but so I think a lot – so this may be good for sports where yeah. doing the eSports thing, you may reach – you may reach people who otherwise would not be watching football, basketball, baseball, whatever, but it may just they might just be tuning in to watch, you know, maybe just be tuning in to watch you play the video game but not watch you play the actual game. Well, and there are guys that like Lance McCullers Jr., Alex Bregman before he got married, uh, they were they were playing on Fortnite or whatever, um, whatever other games are yeah. popular at the time. But a lot of people were like tuning in, watching their Twitch yeah. stuff, and that's cool. No, so that's uh, I mean that's. I just can't get into it. Uh, Abreg's grown up now. He's having a baby. He's having a baby? Yeah, they're all married. I actually saw Alice Bergman at a bar one time. That's a different yeah. story, though. Did he uh, try to fight you? No. We he gotta... was like, you think I'm small? You're like, well, compared to me. <laughs> so I'm uh, not small for those. You don't really see us, but I'm uh, not a small guy. Um, Gabe's really tall. Yeah. That was a surprise. Russell didn't say, hey, whenever you meet Gabe for the first time, he's a tall guy in the room or something like that. It was just like a guy. And then, well, we met at the coffee shop, and, yeah, you just kind of stood out. And I was like, well, I guess that's good. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, <laughs> but that's kind of cool, though, when there's no pre-warning that someone's a, a human giant. Okay, I am not. He makes it out like I'm Yao Ming. I'm six, Have you ever seen Yao Ming? <laughs> <laughs> I am six foot six. I am not seven foot six, as the former Rocket Center is. But one more thing <laughs> before we end the show here. Winners and losers of coronavirus sports. So I so you have one big loser uh, when we had talked about this in our Google Doc. You had one big loser. It's a group of people. Who was my loser? It was the oh fans, Jason. The fans. Oh, Us. the fans. Yeah. Well, we, I feel like there's a lot of losers right now. <laughs> but yeah, the, but the fans. Uh, generally speaking, across the board, the fans. But just like in the the fallout from the Astro scandal, for example, fans took the brunt of that. The players got to be shielded for a while, just kind of like right now. The players are shielded in a sense. We want them to come back. We want to, you know, sports is, if you're a participant, it's a healthy activity and you're competitive and you're aggressive and whatnot. As a fan, sports serves as a healthy distraction. It's not a healthy activity. (laughs) Sports have taken years off my life. (laughs) Playing them or being a fan? Being a fan, no playing yeah, sure. that playing playing them. I've had no. I was thankful to have no serious, no like real serious injuries. Um, but as a fan, I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack every time the Astros are in the playoffs. The moment Colt McCoy got hurt in the UT national. Oh, Championship don't even game, get me started, man! I almost stroked. Out. Okay, I have right. a friend that was an Alabama fan, and she just started going off. You're gonna lose, and I'm like, shut up, redneck. And that was the end. Okay, let's Pretty let's much the program, here. I, okay, but. so I have to ask you a question. Uh, that Colt McCoy game. How old were you when that happened? Oh man, gosh. Well, I'm trying to. Well, when was that? That was 2010. 2010. Oh, that was wow. 2010. 2005 was the first title on time. That was, was the Vince Young title. So 10 years ago, I was 32. Okay, I you was were in middle school. I, I was in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can get ah, the difference of our. You can get the sense of our yeah. age gap right there. So at 32, then I was probably <laughs> single. I don't know where I was stationed at the time. <laughs> oh, Not where I wanted to be, probably. The life but, history of Jason Casera. Oh, and that's why I based it on. I'm like, was I in a relationship? Where was I stationed at? And um, then I can kind of figure it out from there. But so, yeah, so that you want to you want to hear something sad? So I base like 
in my life, like like just points in my life by what it was going on in the sports at that time, mm-hmm. or like how far <laughs> something away is is like what's the next sporting event. So like yeah. I have a friend's wedding coming up in about a month. Um, I'm in I'm in the wedding. I know it. I know the date of it, July 10th, because it's the day before the UFC Fight Island card, July 11th. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah, so it, that's sad and true um, about me. But that's how you, you base your calendar off of, and I did the same thing in the military. I was kind of like, well, what's coming up, this and that. I was like, are they kidding me? We're going to go to the field, and the Super Bowl is going to be happening? Are they stupid? And that that was a common occurrence. War needs like, to take a break during the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's punishment, man, essentially. <laughs> it's punishment. But, uh, yeah, the fans, definitely the losers here. We have Rob Manfred. the loudest voice, but they don't listen. Um, so here's Yours. here's my winner. Of, okay, my my winner of Sports Corona is Justin Gaethje. The Tell U- me more. The the UFC fighter who won the first big pay per view. Okay. After, so the, everything went on a bit of a hiatus, and the UFC was the first thing to really come back. I think Justin Gaethje is the. I think he's like the big winner of this. I think his popularity exploded because it the pay per view had more views than anything else the UFC had ever done because everyone was just starving for sports content sure and he it was you know title fight and ufc fans knew who he was but the public didn't had no idea of who he was and he took he took tony ferguson who was one of the best pound for pound fighters in the u.s in ufc history just took him to school on on international stage and his popularity exploded and his next fight he's gonna get you know he he's now a UFC superstar and he's going to get so much money now in his next fight when he fights Khabib, the Russian guy who mm. beat McGregor for the ti- for the undisputed title here. I think that fight's going to happen in September. Um, but he just, his popularity exploded, so I think he's the big winner of this because I think now the sports community, a lot of people know who he is that otherwise would not have known about him if not due to Corona. Um, but he's like about the one winner. There's a couple other UFC fighters who have done well because of this because the UFC. Dana White's another winner because he was the one guy putting on sporting events. And I watch more UFC in this time than I ever have in my life. Yeah. Well, I'll throw you a winner. They just had the MLB baseball draft. And all these kids, especially seniors in high school, who were already highly touted prospects, they got so much more uh, time on their arm or their body by not playing a full season you know, getting uh, destroyed hey, by high school baseball coaches. There's a guy. There's a guy from Refugio that right. got taken in the second round. Uh, Jared well, Kelly, the and he pitcher. was a really high prospect. And yeah. they were actually, I think, it was a surprise that he fell to the second round. So yeah, so he's a te- uh, University of Texas commit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's okay. some un- yeah. there's some uncertainty about back. whether he's going to go to Austin or I think he got drafted by the go by the White Sox. Uh, oh, go to Austin, please. Go to go to Austin. Go to the White Sox farm system. Um, trade you. But they're probably going to hey, he's probably going to get a nice signing bonus though if he decides to stay with the White Sox. Yeah, not for sure. And that's 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 a risk reward is like you go to college and then 2 years in you blow out your arm or like uh, Mark Appel where he was great in college and just couldn't get it together in the minors. We could get him on as a guest. We yeah, I guarantee you we get Mark Appel on I've guest. met Mark Appel before. Yeah. I have. He was a great guy, it, man. Yeah, he's awesome yeah. guy. And he tells a story. Yeah, no, like so op- like so openly. Uh so yeah, I have met I have met Mark Appel That'd before. Be cool. Um yeah, it was like, it was like studio. super random cuz he was telling me it was just he was he introduced us like a Mark and he just started telling me a story. He's like, like, hey, have you heard of me? I was one of the biggest busts in baseball history. No, he didn't say that. Sweet. What are you doing now? Selling cars. All right. No, it wasn't that, but he just started telling me his story. Um, And he just introduced himself as Mark. 
And I was like, man, I feel like I've heard this before. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm Mark Appel. Like, he's like, are you an? Are you, how first, does that? But like, first, how does the story get into it? Like, how does that? Um, so I met him at a uh, like I met him like in a church setting. Yeah, you get into the background deal. now. Yeah, so I, I met him in a church setting type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were both just like kind of sitting out in like the waiting room, because uh, we were both we were going in like I was going into one office, he was going into the other. Uh, so we just started. We were just sitting there for a while, instead of just sitting in silence and scrolling on our phones, we just started talking to each other. Houston area. Uh, yes, you, okay, yeah, yeah, in Houston, in Houston, um, and yeah, so we just started talking, and uh, I was like, he was like, oh, who do you know here? And like, oh, I was like, oh, who do you know here? And who do you know? <laughs> yeah, so it was like, oh, and I didn't Steven know who Strasburg. I didn't. Oh gosh, um, I didn't know who he was meeting, but he knew like the people I was meeting. So we just started talking, and then I just asked him like how he got involved in you know that church we were at, and he just started telling me his story, and I was like. I've heard this before. He's like, are you an Astros fan? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Astros fan. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm Mark Appel. I was like, no way. <laughs> You're like, sweet. Unless was, your autograph, but who, I don't know if it has any value. Who man. was the guy that got uh, – we drafted, but he didn't sign. Brady Aiken. Yeah. We drafted and didn't sign. It turned into a Bregman pick. Because yeah. I wanted to th- say, like, oh, thank you for us getting Alex Bregman, but that wasn't him. That was another guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, that's the, the thing about the Appel story is interesting is that – he just couldn't find his niche, you know, whatever it was. But it also goes to coaching. I think it's so important. And he probably actually had better coaching at Stanford than he did in the minors. And because guys in the minors come and go every year with the Corpus Christi Hooks, they have a new manager almost every year. And so you'll have guys who are at the AA level, maybe a season or two, maybe three. But they're also they're going to change up formulas and all kinds of things on these young guys. And it just screws him up. And so whatever happened with uh, Appel particularly, he was actually compared. That's why I brought up Strasburg is because he went to Stanford also. Yeah. But he was slated to be better than Strasburg. And, you know, but there's uh, baseball, uh, really any talent scouting in, in sports, I think, is really, really difficult. You can look at the NBA. I think base- so uh, basketball is the easiest one because yeah. so I, pl- I had just playing in the grassroots basketball circuit. I had the yeah. pleasure of playing against – Justice Winslow, who plays for the Miami Heat now, he went to Duke and was a top 10 pick in the draft. Um, played against De'Aaron Fox, you know, who was like the third or fourth overall pick in the draft when he came out. Like, I've had to – Julius Randle's another guy. Like, I've played against – I've had the pleasure against playing against some of the best players in America at the time. And now guys who are in the NBA. And, and you dominated And them. I remember seeing, like, Marcus Smart when he was in high school. And he was, like, a top five recruit um, in high school. And it was like – I watched Marcus Smart for two minutes and was like, oh – He's different. Like, yeah. he's just so much better than everybody else. Or De'Aaron Fox. I saw De'Aaron Fox when he was a freshman. And it was like, oh, man. It was like, oh, he's a newcomer of the year in the city of Houston. And he mm. plays for about two minutes. And it's like, oh, man. That, like, that's an NBA guy. Sure. You just see NBA right. talent. But baseball and football are so much more intricate than – like, the talent scouting in those two sports is so much more intricate, so much harder than it is for basketball. Because basketball, if you can play, you can play. Mm. That's, that's what I relate it to. But – Man, I think uh, I think our time is coming to an end here. Yeah, and I think this has been a really great inaugural episode. Inaugural. That's the word we've gone with. Yeah. That's the word of the day on the Right on Sports podcast. Yeah, inaugural Right on Sports podcast. And, of course, we're going to grade it very well. And, uh, again, I think that we have to really thank our guy, the other guy in the room here, Russell, for even giving us the chance with this. And hopefully we don't let anybody down, including any particular sponsors. Hopefully not, and hopefully, uh, pretty, some. 
Hey, hopefully uh, baseball comes back and we can talk about some Corpus Christi Hooks action going on. Absolutely. Uh, we'll have high school football in the not-too-distant future, hopefully, if Corona doesn't kill us all by then. And the NBA. The NBA we'll have coming that talk back. coming. Yeah, yeah. so we're going we're gonna to have a lot going on, hopefully, in the coming future. Of course, Corona might just kill us all. It just might. So that's a possibility. So this might be the last thing you listen to. I think the second wave is upon us. The second wave is it's upon us. It's like a tidal us. wave this time. Oh, man. Uh, Whoops. <laughs> I hope not. But anyway, I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Uh, Jason, you have anything you want to say? Don't forget to subscribe and then tell your friends. Yeah, hit the subscribe button and leave us a nice little review if you so please. Absolutely. All right. Y'all have a great week. Just like that thunder.